Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Boisbois as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show with me, Angela J. Ford. And with me, Stephanie Boisbois. Wonderful. Well, Stephanie, how's your week been? What are you working on? It has been super awesome. And I am in what I like to call plotting demolition mode. All of my scenes are written, all the storylines. I have my sequences. Now it's just ironing out the climaxes and all of them, filling up all plot holes, which of course led me to having to redo my map because some things just did not make any sense. <laughs> but that's just a part of the process. It's super fun. I absolutely love it. So I'm excited. NaNoWriMo is, oh my goodness, around the corner. We're going to blink and it'll be here and I'm trying to be ready. So I am slashing through every single plot hole I can find so I can write my best novel. That is wonderful. And I'm so impressed because you are a plotter and I'm a pantser. And so our approach to writing and telling stories is completely different and yet it works for both of us, which is super cool. And I love diving into that a little bit more. And so I would love to actually go ahead and dive into today's topic, which is elements of story. And I'm not really sure where to begin here. So do you want to take it away and talk a little bit about how you start crafting stories and some of the elements that I guess really speak to you first and make you want to create that story? Absolutely. So starting an, a story for me is probably one of my, one of like the most fun phases for me, just because it's like everything is brand new and you can take it absolutely anywhere. Like anything can happen. And so what I like to do is just think about the three portals to story, right? We can access story three different ways. We can either enter through a character, we can enter to, we can enter through the world, or we can enter through the plot. And so normally for me, when I get an idea, it's usually one of the three. I'm either thinking of, you know, I see this character in my mind, whether it's a girl or a guy, usually a girl, because well, you know, <laughs> I'm a girl. <laughs> so, you know, all the power to people who are authors of like um, main characters that are the opposite gender. I, you know, I major respect. I don't know if I can do that yet, but you know, so I'll think, I'll see the character and I'll think, okay, I, you know, I can, I, sometimes I'm already brewing a name in my head for them. And I, I'm thinking about what their journey would be, what kind of person, you know, they would be kind of world they live in. Um, sometimes I just, see the world you know I see these different cool places whether it's waterfalls or forests or um I see these supernatural characters I absolutely love angels and like um so I won't say I love demons but like the concept of them is you know pretty cool and interesting I'll see maybe like fae or something like that and I'll just start I'll see the world like Narnia style and I'll think okay I can build on this. Now let me put some characters in here. And then the third way I'll think, or sometimes it'll be like the plot way, right? Like I'll think of this grand thing that needs to happen. Maybe it's an object that needs to be found and we have to send them on a quest. You know, I love stories where they go on a quest. The best. Um, sometimes I will just think of, okay, there's something that needs to be done and now I need to get a character in a world and get them going to do this big thing. So that's usually how it starts for me. I, one of the three ways 
what I just call, like I said before, the portals uh, to story for me. So it's either the character shows up in my brain. I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can work with this or the world. I can see the setting or it's the can see this big thing that they have to get done throughout the narrative, like the big end, right? Um, that's usually, you know, what it goes for me. I mean, there's several ways, you know, I'll see the beginning or I'll see the end. And then I'm like, okay, so I got to start in the middle, <laughs> you know, just to make it fun. But those are probably like the first ways I go about entering story. What about you? How do you approach story? Oh, wow. There are so many different ways. Like you said, they're it's either the setting or the characters. And a lot of times I'm finding that I think of themes and I go by moods, like kind of what do I want the theme to be? Like the last book that came out that I wrote, Realm of Ice, I really got the ideal based on, I wanted it to be cold and unfriendly and just very, oh, I just want it shifters. And, you know, you think of fires and warm furs and just ice and, cold and just everything that's not so fun and friendly about winter and I really wanted to bring that together into this fascinating story so that was a lot of fun and I guess that was more where the setting was really important to the story and with that series I'm kind of going by setting like I love the characters but they're going to play out what they're going to play out it really doesn't matter but setting was really fun for that but then as of late I've been working more on I guess, character development and seeing characters and where they are in a story. So for example, I've been buying a lot of pre-made covers. I have like a lot. Um, actually, it's not that many. It's maybe four, I think. I think it's four. So anyway, <laughs> I see you're laughing over there. <laughs> but it's great because I like to look at the covers and I see the character on it. And then I can just create a story from there. And I'm like, okay, where did they come from? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What's their backstory? How can I write that out and craft this amazing world and plot and story that goes along with it? And for the most part, I write epic fantasy. So it's going to be a quest-like like story. And it's going to go from, okay, we need to get from A to B. And I like to send them on that quest. And I love the nature-focused stories. So I like there to be a lot happening outside and outdoors and a little bit of that communication with nature, sometimes mythical beasts, even though I'm not a fan of having pets, but in stories, it's really fun, apparently. So that's, I guess, more character-based is what I think of when I think of story and the element that I like to go to first and focus on, but sometimes it is the world. And then every now and then I'll have dreams and in those dreams, I'll find out something else that speaks to me and something that I want to write about. And those are very, it's more of an abstract. It's a lot of feeling based. And I try to recreate that feeling that I felt when I had that dream, whether that was excitement or love or fear or just something else, but it's really mood based and recreating that. But there's a lot that you have to pull together when you're doing that storytelling and creating those, pulling those elements together. So I think it's interesting to kind of talk about that and dive into kind of the, the core structure or the elements that you need to have inside those stories. Because there's a lot, like you said, a lot to begin with, a lot of places where you can go, oh, this is the ideal, this is the start, and now I need to craft everything else that goes along with it. That's so good. And you actually said something that um, stood out to me. So, you, you know, you sometimes start off with themes and moods, right? And I remember, oh gosh, okay, so whose masterclass was it? 
it may have been Judy Bloom or Margaret Atwood. Don't get, you know, I'm not sure which of the two it was, but it was one of those two authors and they talked about, I'm pretty sure it was actually Judy Bloom. And she said that, and you know, she's a prolific novelist. I mean, she, she has so many books. She's absolutely amazing. I grew up on her stories. And she said something that I found interesting about theme because I like you, I sometimes write on theme as well, you know, whether it's like, you know, for me, it's more so like words will pop out at me, like faith or hope or, you know, like conquering or things like that. Um, and then I'll like base the elements of the story around that. And then I will actually fuse that into my characters, either they're for it or against it. Right. And she actually said that as an author, she doesn't write on theme she just writes the story but then she and she doesn't even think of a theme for it at all and then she finds that readers will come back to her and be like oh well i think the book was like about this or the story was about this and that threw me i'm not going to lie so that threw me like way left field because i was like there's no way like i <laughs> i'm like i have to have a theme right um so i was wondering what do you think about that like do you think that as authors we craft that and then that's what the readers will take away or oftentimes even though we put those elements in the story they will come away with something completely different and as an author it's like oh that's not what i was going for but hey <laughs> it works Actually, I love that you brought this up because this is really important. Uh, the reader takeaway from the story and it's always surprising and unexpected to me. And so it's one of the things I find reader feedback so incredibly valuable because different people will read it and they'll come away with different takeaways. And sometimes what I'm writing, like is a very, I guess, so with the fact that I don't plot, that sometimes changes what the theme or the message might be because it's very flexible it's very going with whatever is in my subconscious and sometimes i don't realize what's coming out of me and so when people sit down and they read it and they have they get something out of it that i didn't intend i realize going back and reading it i'm like oh yeah that does make sense because this is what i was going through at the time or this was what was on my mind at the time and it's coming out in my writing and people pick up on that. And I think that's really cool. Like I love the different things that a reader can pick up that I didn't intend. And it's kind of surprising because I know that I myself am full of surprises. And I think that's what makes the process so much fun, especially from a point of view where I just kind of fly through the book by the seat of my pants because I'm surprising myself. And it's kind of like going on an adventure and not knowing where I'm going to end up. And it's a, it's a fun quest. I really like that, which is another reason why I think that playing video games can be so much fun because you're you're going somewhere and you don't know exactly where you're going to end up but you keep you want to keep going because you want to find out what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next and what revelations am I going to find out and what things am I going to win and what treasures can I take away from this and I feel like that aspect of writing is very similar to reading because you have new revelations and I'm a hardcore reader, so I, I always find that my takeaways from different books can be different from other people's takeaways. And I think that goes back to just the way we were raised, how we grew up, what we were surrounded with, and the way that we view the world. And everyone views it slightly differently, so it makes sense that they have takeaways that are different from what I necessarily as an author might have intended. But yeah, that's a really good topic to dive into. And I can see it both ways. I've had it happen where what I intended to happen for the story was exactly 
the way it was the vibe that keep people came away with. For example, my romantic fantasy prison in the sky, pretty much what everyone comes away with is exactly what I intended them to come away with. And so that one is very on point. But then I have others like the four world series. It's just so full of different things that people take out what they, what resonates with them. And sometimes it's what I've attended. Most of the time is actually not. Hmm. That's actually really cool. And so going back to the elements of story. So as writers, right, we are in writing season now. We're in the heat of it. And now it's more so it's not even just like, okay, it's just ideas, fluff. Okay, I think I, I can turn this into a story. Now it's like, okay, no, I need to latch on and expand this idea, right? And so when it comes to crafting it. I know that you're a panther, so you approach it totally different. Um, what do you find are the main elements that you need to have in your story going in, at least in the first draft? Like these elements have to show up in the first draft and then you can expound on them and fix them in revisions. Actually, it's a little back and forth. I'm trying to think of what I like to have first. Basically, I like to have the main character. And sometimes I don't know anything um, other than I have this scene in mind and I have this character taking this action. And it really helps me to start out with a little bit of free writing where I will just write one chapter and see how it goes. And then after that, I can pull back and I can see what revelations came from that first chapter. And then I'll go back and actually plot it out. And so when I'm plotting, I have to have an overall beginning, middle and end. I have to know where the story is going. I also want to know a little bit about the setting and who they're running into and then what kind of magical system, just a little bit of the introductory world building. Uh, sometimes I can go ahead and just write without doing any of that. Like I'm working on a project, which is just me writing whatever I would like to write, whatever I want to write it. And it's interesting because the story is just going like it is, it just feels very inspired and it's so much fun. It's so long right now. Uh, I haven't worked on it in a bit, but it's very long and it's just very inspired and I'll have to go back and fix things. But I generally like to have an, an ideal of beginning, middle and end before I dive in. And one of the things that helps with that crafting kind of the elements of story and making sure I have, okay, some initial characters, a little bit of world building, have a little bit of the setting. One of the other things that helps is making sure that I have, um, my scenes before I start writing, I kind of try to plot out my scenes. What's going to happen? What's this motivation that's driving the character? Because I want the character to feel as real as possible to people that are reading the story. So that's me. From your perspective, I would love to hear because you spend more time plotting in depth. What are the key things that you need before you start writing? Yeah, so for me, and that was actually really good. I like that. Um, actually, I may take that little project up and do something like that too, just writing by the seat of your pants. Even as a plotter, there are some times where I like to just write carefree. I, you know, I think it's good for us all, honestly, because you get so inundated with the story that you're writing then, whether you've plotted it or not. And it's good to just have a project where you're like, I'm just writing whatever, honestly, uh, whatever comes to mind, whatever feel good, feels good, whatever I think will go. And we'll see what I end up with. <laughs> you know, can I salvage it or not, right? Yeah, I well, think that's really important. And it's oh, kind yeah. of a good way to get away from 
writer's block, if you're ever feeling stuck oh, yeah. anywhere, just like go start a new project to just write whatever's in your head because no one ever has to read that except for you. And sometimes it might be something that might be a story or sometimes it's just a great exercise to get yourself thinking creative, creatively again. Oh yeah. And then it also helps you with your craft. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still writing, you know, and you're through that you're developing your voice, you're developing your style, all of that stuff, fun stuff. But for me, when it comes to a story that I, I know, like, okay, this is a major project for me. So I am, as we all have gathered by now, a diabolical plotter. Like I live in Plotsville. I have to, <laughs> like, I just, I love to see. And the reason why, the reason why, you know, it came, I came to the understanding, the reason why I'm such a plotter is because I never think of just the present story. I always come, for some reason, I don't know why my mind is like this. I can't really like give you <laughs> science or break it down. But when I come into an idea, I automatically think what's going to happen after this and what's coming before this. And when I say like after and before, I'm talking about like hundreds, if not thousands of years after and before. So, so like I come into a story and I already think, oh, well, this happened like thousands of years ago, which will trigger this because by that point, it'll be like a legend to them. So like, like that's how my brain functions. And so because of that, um, I have to plot, you know, like there's just too much in my brain. I have to, I have to order it all up or else I'll just get timelines mixed up I'll get characters in the wrong you know in the wrong point in time and so for me um yeah as a plotter I definitely so I need to have my characters I need to have my protagonist I need to have my antagonist I need to know who's the hero and who is the villain that will try to stop them at all costs um so those are the two main the two main ones I start as far as like characters and then of course as far as supporting characters too just because like people, you know, like in real life, we don't accomplish things on our own. So it's the same way in stories. They don't accomplish things on their own. Now, granted, I know that there are stories with Lone Rangers and they save the world by themselves. And I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, <No> way. <laughs> <laughs> judgment-free zone. Um, but still though, you know, like no shade, no tea. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. So <laughs> Like, so for me, I have my main characters, but then I automatically think, oh, they're going to have some type of cadre for sure. Like there's going to be a group or at least a few people around them that are like, yeah, you can do this. Take them down. So I have those characters. And then as far as the world, <laughs> world building is my jam, y'all. I love to, from what I call macro world building and micro world building. So macro is like your universe and your planets and your stars and like your different dimensions and, you know, like the different continents and all that. And then micro, like, okay, so they went to this library to study when they were little. And that was the park that mom and dad took them to. And like, this is their favorite food and these are their favorite smells. And, you know, like things like that. I just, I love it because I literally feel I think as an author, you're really in the sweet spot when you can feel like you're in the story yourself. Like you open your eyes and you start writing and you're like, whoa, I can, I can smell, you know, the pine trees. I can feel the grass blades. I can, I can sense that fear, you know, when someone evil is around and, you know, you have no weapons and you have no way out and you're defenseless and you're hurt. Right. And so for me, like, I just, I love that. And so I definitely do extensive <laughs> world building. <laughs> I am that person that will iron out 
everything from the gods and goddesses, you know, because spirituality is huge in anything, you know, um, whether it's, you know, a monarchy or, you know, I mean, a monarchy, whether it's like, you know, they believe in a one, one deity or like they believe in multiple gods and goddesses, you know, um, I like to think of their shrines, their temples, I love to think of the schools, the you know, institutes, training centers, like I just, I love all of that. So I extensively world build because it, it helps me to understand where they are and it helps me to understand where they're going to go through so that they can achieve the big thing right like that's a huge thing for me so i extensively develop my characters i get the main ones i mean i'm sure more will show up as i start writing and i'm like oh okay we went from five to 13 that's cool but you know so i do extensively do uh develop my characters and when i say extensively i mean like i get to know so i do this thing where i pretend that i'm taking them on a date i know that sounds so weird but it's for real <laughs> so like whether it's like a date for lunch and you know you you know what kind of questions you would ask on the lunch date or a date for dinner and then a sleepover date right so in these three different settings you would learn different things about the ground um so just being so i you know i extensively develop them i develop their world figure out where the heck do you live you know, like, what does this place look like? You know, where are you waking up every day? Why do you hate it so much? You know, why do you love it so much? Um, and then after that, then once I have those pieces, I find that when I understand the characters, and I also do a lot of backstory, um, because that helps me a lot. That helps me to understand why they need to go forward, why they need to accept the challenge, why, you know, the villain wants to stop them at all costs. Doing backstory really helps me to understand what triggered their present motives and intentions and i think that's very important for me knowing their where the the motives and intentions came from so that their obstacles make sense i hope that makes sense but um i gather all of that and then once i have all of that then i can understand oh this is what the plot is oh okay like you know like plotting it out and writing out that extensive outline helps you understand this is what they're actually supposed to be achieving cool and then from there you know i have fun just developing all of it it's a really it's a meticulous and laborious process you know plotting is not for the weak at heart it's no. really, yeah. <laughs> plotting is not for the weak at heart it is not for the impatient writer that just wants to dive in it this is not for you this this process honestly takes me months and months i'm not even going to say weeks it takes me months but after going through it then my brain understands where the next seven stories are going to come from you know from this present time so and then again remember my brain is thinking thousands of years before and thousands of years after so <laughs> that's how i approach it it's a big thing but i absolutely love it <laughs> no that's awesome and i love that you have so many nuggets in there that i can't even go in and pick all of them out but I also love that it is a meticulous project that takes you months and months. And I feel like it's the same way, whether you're a plotter or a pantser, like it might actually take us the same amount of time to write a book just because you're going to spend months and months of time on the front end, making sure you have everything together. Meanwhile, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to go back. I'm going to realize I'm missing this, 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 that, and the other. And I'm going to have to spend more time writing it all in. 
mm. which is totally fine. And that's my process and it works and it's fun. And I just go over the story over and over and over again. But it, it's different because once you have that outline and once you've ironed out all of those plot holes, you can just sit down and write and nothing is going to stop you. Meanwhile, I'm going to be sitting there going, okay, now what's next? Um, I'm going to go for a walk and go to the grocery store and like make some food because I really need to figure this out. Maybe watch some TV shows, maybe play some games. Like just meanwhile, you'll be over there writing because you already did all the, the work. So it's just really, it's just a different way of organizing the work of writing, which is fantastic. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just awesome how we have these different approaches that really work for both of us and really make it happen. So cool. Um, one of the other things that you said that I really loved was talking about the, the five senses when you're talking about how you can see the world, how you can, you know, you can just visualize it. You're right there in there. And having the five senses in the story is one thing that I find so powerful. Like I like to go back over my first draft and make sure I add in things where, you know, you can smell. What does this world smell like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? Just those, adding those things in just makes it leap off the page and really come alive for readers. And I think that's really important as well as the prose. I know we're both fans of beautiful prose and stories and just, oh, just love that. <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously we're fiction writers, so we're all about that, but it's just being immersed in that world that is just incredible, whether it's something that we're creating or something that we're reading. And I can go back and read other stories and just be blown away by how amazing it is. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's just totally, so amazing to have that gift of writing. Yeah, I totally agree. Mainly because at the end of the day, we have to remember we're writing stories. I mean, first and foremost, my philosophy is we write for ourselves, right? Like this is, I believe that the stories that really hit home, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are so many successful stories that were not written from this perspective, but I really believe that the stories that hit home are the stories that we want to read. The stories that we seek out and we can't find, and so we're like, <laughs> well, I'll write it myself, right? And so, you know, we write for ourselves, but we're also writing for the experience of our readers, right? And so, in a sense, you know, it is our job to give them this experience that they don't watch, but they read. And so at some point they have to forget that they're reading and they're actually in this world and they're just like, oh my goodness, like this is absolutely, what is going on? You know, like mind blown stuff, right? And so I just love that because then it reminds you, okay, I need these different elements in my story. Like as I, you know, the first draft, you're not going to nail everything and you're not supposed to, you know, I always like to tell people your first draft is like the most fun draft <laughs> because you can literally throw in anything in there, right? Like whether you've plotted it out from, you know, <laughs> like myself for an extensive amount of time or whether you just dive right in you get the character you're like okay i'm gonna start writing today um you can throw whatever you want in there but then once you start to revise it it's like okay it's missing like you said it's missing this element of taste and touch and and sight it's you know it's missing you know oh i forget who said it but they were like you know if you don't feel it your your readers won't feel it if you don't see it your readers won't see it you know if you're not crying your readers won't cry you know and so going back and seeing okay is this coming off as it needs to you know giving it to readers like you mentioned before reader feedback and then having and then asking them like 
what did you get away, you know, what was your takeaway from this? Like, did, did it make you feel anything? Did it make you sense anything? Did you come away with any like, whoa, this is what really stood out at me or did like nothing make sense? <laughs> because if it doesn't make sense, I need to write it over again. <laughs> you know, I need to change some things up. And so elements like rudimentary fundamentals of starting a story I think they're just super important like your characters I think the two biggest ones honestly are just your characters and your world from there everything else honestly will flow like whether whichever one you start with the plot will show up eventually you know and I really think to the two main things like you know who who is it about where is this happening and then what they're going to accomplish will eventually show up, in my opinion, my humble opinion. <laughs> no, I love that. And I completely agree. And one last question I wanted to ask was, we've talked so much about the elements of story and it can sound intimidating because I can't think back to where I actually learned, like, where did I go to learn the elements of story? Do you remember like when it just finally clicked or it just hit you where you were like, these are the elements of story. This is it. That is so good. So hmm. now that I think about it, so I don't think it's something that I, I don't think it's a book I read or a movie I watched. I think it was after I published my first novel, which I took down because I was like, you need to be rewritten. <laughs> like we're not leaving you out in the public absolutely not <laughs> but I think it was after I wrote that novel then it clicked in my brain oh these are what you need to make a story and then I think that's when I began reading for leisure but also reading for study um because I used to I would just you know just read you know I'd pick up a book and I would hey this is awesome or hey this sucks I'm not gonna finish it but um I think after I published my first novel and, you know, I, I got great reviews from it and people did love the story, but as a writer, um, when I began to just go back through it, I realized, no, you're missing, you're missing a lot of things here. And so then I started, first I started reading, um, you know, just fantasy. I read fantasy only, you know, fight me. I, I read fantasy and like maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe some like self-development stuff but that's like the, the majority of what I read is fantasy right and so I I would start reading you know whether it was a Sarah J Mass novel or Cassandra Clare novel whatever the case may be and certain things started sticking out oh they include this here they do this here oh they all have this in there not like every single one of these authors have these elements in their novels and then I began to you know study I would you know see on writing by Stephen King and you know anything by Cam Wheeland honestly is just like gold like I hero. oh my gosh she's a like anything if you are listening to this and you have not read anything by K.M. Wheeland, shameless plug, you know, this is not an ad or anything, but she is absolutely amazing. We can both vouch for her work. It will absolutely help you. K.M. Wheeland, anything by her. I started just digging into all of her work and I realized, oh, so then things that I did not have a name for before made sense now because then as I read her materials and I thought about the books I read, I was like, oh, Oh, <laughs> it started clicking. And I was like, so there's a formula here. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it just like clicked. So I think that's what did it for me. After my first novel, I realized, mm, you've got some studying to do. <laughs> 
What about for you? When did it start clicking for you? Oh, I'm such a hard head about studying, or I used to be a hard head about studying mm -hmm. because I've always been a reader and I've read so much and fantasy has been my preferred, like that's just what I read. Right now I read a lot more thrillers too, just because I like those, like that scary feeling that I get from reading them and I have to know. And I like to incorporate some of the thrills into my fantasy writing now. I just, I just can't help it, it's fun. Uh, but I think after, well, I think finally after my first box set hit it really big, I was thinking about it and I was like, I'm going to do some more studying about story structure. I really am just going to dig into it because I felt like I knew the basics, the elements of story. But as a writer, one of the things that I always want to do, and I feel like I owe my readers this, is continue to improve. Mm -hmm. There can't be an improvement unless I take those steps and start studying and learning. And once I did, I discovered it was really fun like sitting down and of course Kay and Wyland, I went ahead and read her stuff too. And it just really helped me with making sure everything came together. Like I don't sit down and go through and plot out everything, but I know the right questions to ask my characters. And that really helps with making a better book. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it was just being more, not being so arrogant as to think like, hey, I know it all. I've read books, I know story structure, but just being willing to go ahead and dive in and learn and just focus on that continual improvement. And it's kind of funny because the more I learn, the more I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know anything at all. <laughs> I think it was a philosopher that said, the, the more you learn, the more you realize that you actually don't know anything. And that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> but that's such a good point though, to study because your readers deserve that. You know, we think that our favorite authors, they just kind of, well, they just can't their entire career and that's not true like these people they wrote what they wrote because they truly studied their craft and just like anybody we love or respect you know from athletes to musicians and artists to actors and actresses they truly study their craft and because they do they're able to give us a product that we absolutely love because they understand the fundamentals of their craft. And so I think that's super important that you talk about that because, um, you know, I want to encourage us writers, study your craft. You know, it, it's okay to start. You don't have to know everything when you begin. By all means, write those stories, get them out there. People will still love them anyway, but that shouldn't stop you from getting better and writing better stories, right? As you put out more books, your stories should get better. And if they're not, something's wrong. <laughs> you should be studying your craft. So that's a great point. You know, our readers deserve that. Just like, you know, if someone's going to win a championship trophy for basketball, you had better be putting in those hours in the gym and, you know, and like making those shots, you know, because that's, that then proves you deserve that, right? You know, if we're going to be writing bestsellers, we definitely ought to put our best story forward. So I think that's a really good point um, to highlight too, studying yeah. craft. Yes, and the fact that everyone does it. To your point, I was reading, when I first graduated from college, I was getting ready to enter the workforce, and I remember reading this book called Talent is Overrated, and I'll try to find the author and put it in the show notes so you can take a look at it, but it was just talking about the fact that there are all these people who are gifted and they're so talented, but the thing that's behind them is the hard work and that focus and that continually focus on improving the hours that they're putting in to make sure that they can become great. And so 
I think that's something really important to focus on. And we're career authors. We're not just writing a fun story because it hit our heads and we're like, oh, that was fun to talk about. Uh, we're career authors. And so we want to be going ahead and making sure that we put forward our best foot and we're taking the time to study and learn and improve so that we can wow and delight our readers. And that's fun. I love wowing and delighting myself when I sit down and read my own books, but hearing from readers, there's just absolutely nothing like that. So that is phenomenal. I totally agree. Man, we got in some really good chatting about the elements of story. This is so good. It is. Yeah. And to that point, do you have any last words, any other thoughts that you want to share before we go? For my writers, no matter whether you you approach it from a pantser and you get your idea and you start writing or you are a plotter, you have to know every single little detail before you dive in. I would just encourage, understand what elements you need to have before you start writing. It would make, it will make a world of difference for you because once you have those down, then you can better develop what it is you're going to write for yourself and for your readers. So be sure to dive into your elements. And as we just highlighted, study your craft. <laughs> I love it. And to all our indies, the journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community on the platform Mighty Networks where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. We also have courses and a monthly membership for those who need an inner circle of indie authors who are working just as hard towards their writing circles and sharing all the intimate strategies they've learned to become the writers they are. So if you wish to be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. I'm Angela J. Ford. And I'm Stephanie Pwapwa. See you inside the community. Bye, guys.